So I guess that's the intro. Mm. Gregson Barkley. I don't know about that. You don't like that? What, what, what do you want the intro to be? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> It'll just be this. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, we'll start with, um, I don't know, making fun of Greg's always good. I don't know. We never know how to start the podcast. You might have heard that. Yeah. Um, so it'll either be something along the lines of whatever we keep from the first five, six minutes that I've been recording, oh, or, nice. or something along the lines of, welcome to Late to the Movies. My name has been Holden. This podcast where my friends and I get to fill in our movie blind spots. Each week we'll pick a movie that either I or a guest hadn't seen before and really should have by now. This week, continuing Who Done It Month is, well, the first movie this month that someone actually says Who Done It in. <laughs> It's 1985's Clue. My guest, your guest, everyone's guest, left to right across your podcast dial this week. We got Kay. Hello. Hello. We got Will. Hello. Hello. Uh, welcome, y'all. How's, how's it going? I'm, t- I'm thinking about being more conversational <laughs> off the top. I was like, what did you say, y'all? It's, uh, you know, it's, it's general. Get the Southern demographic. Oh, yeah. I've had them forever. Oh, okay, true. Yeah. He's just trying on new things. Yeah. Yeah, just trying new things. Why not? Next time it's going to be like in a boot. Yeah, we got to get the Great White North to download also. Download, don't listen. Um, that still counts. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so uh, I, I really want to talk about this movie. Uh, classic that's sort of, I don't know if it's the the star of it. It's been I don't know, tarnished over the years, something like that. I feel like the kids today don't really care about it too much. Yet when we were kids, it was on all the freaking time for some reason. I would say like it was fairly regularly it would be on tv when we were growing up and i mean i feel it must have been our parents really liked it so we watched it pretty early um but it was i feel like you'd say maybe a cult classic but before we get into categorizing it too much let's talk about unrelated things (laughs) um have you been watching anything good recently um no okay (laughs) i don't think so i have to like think for a moment There's been a lot of Diablo, I know. There's been so much Diablo. It's been a problem. <laughs> yeah. But what's a few missed days of work? Oh, no. I saw Spider-Man, the, the second mm, Spider-Verse yeah. movie. That was fantastic. That nice. was a while ago, though. Yeah. That was yeah. the last thing I probably saw. I Front row of the theater. It was worth it. Jeez. Really immersive. <laughs> oh, it was so immersive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that movie's just incredible. I love that movie. I want to go see it again. It was so good. Yeah. Really excited to see if they stick the landing. I hope I hope they do. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be devastated. <laughs> yeah. I can't think of too many. Wait, hold on. Greg and Ray were on the last episode and they said similarly, and I, I was about to make the same exact point I made on the last episode. Okay. Um, listen to that one if you want to know what I said. <laughs> I have to listen now. Uh, the, the short version. I don't know of too many mainstream theatrically released American animated series that are shaping up to be a trilogy that feels like this level of quality. Um, they mentioned Toy Story. I guess that's probably the pick. Yeah, I'd say, even that, I'd know. say they have the fourth one now, too. And mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel like it wasn't as good. Yeah, it was It was just different. And the three aren't as like tightly related as I, it seems like these three Spider-Verse movies are going to be. Mm. Mm-hmm. It's different. <laughs> um, and I know what the most recent thing you've seen is, well, besides Clue. Yes, we saw the new Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part mm-hmm. 1 yesterday. Um, it was really good. Um, and I knew we knew going in it was going to be a part one. So it was felt long at points to me, but it never felt I yeah. wasn't bored with it. It wasn't mm-hmm. slow, but it did feel like it was a lot happening. Um, 
but it's a really good setup. You can see where they're going for the next one. The action's cool. The sets are always awesome. The locations are always very... Yeah. Fun fact, I don't think I've seen any of the Mission Impossible movies. Fun fact, I've watched all of them in the last week. (laughs) (laughs) How many are there? Uh, This is the seventh one. Oh, my Lord. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've Uh, I've seen zero of them. I just know that he does all of his crazy stunts and he was outside of a plane once. The mm-hmm. first four are all, are all really different. And then basically since four, Ghost Protocol, they've sort of stayed the same. Uh, Christopher McQuarrie is the only director who's done more than one. He took over in the fifth one. He did fifth and sixth and now seventh. Rogue Nation, Fallout, and now Dead Reckoning Part One. Mm-hmm. Yeah, They're really fun. And I feel like this one, they've always been kind of goofy and they have this campiness to their spy craft, which is really, I appreciate and it's really fun. Um, and I, this one got a little bit more of that in than I think the last few have, um, pretty naturally. It wasn't like they were making a point to do it or anything, but it was fun. Yeah. It was a good one. The goof em ups were there again, which is nice. Goof em ups. They brought back the up close magic that Tom Cruise did in the first movie Mm -hmm. and hasn't really done since some good mask stuff. Mm -hmm. All right. You want to talk about Gloop? Sure. Yeah. Who did it? Yeah. So as we said earlier, you and I have seen this before, Kay, but mm-hmm. this was your first time. Yeah. No, I'm very surprised when you guys said it was on TV all the time because I was an avid TV <laughs> watcher and I have never seen this movie. And yeah. I'm kind of sad I didn't. It was it was really fun. Yeah. I enjoyed it. <laughs> I um, I, I, well, yeah, first off, does it, either you want to do a one minute plot summary um, sure. Okay. <laughs> Feel free to do a, mo- a very basic version if you okay. prefer. A bunch of people get sent random letters telling them to meet at this random mansion in the middle of nowhere. And then someone dies and everyone tries to figure out how it happened. And then more people die and you still don't know what's going on. And then more people die. Yep. And then there's resolution at the end. <laughs> a a lot of resolutions. So. <laughs> but it was, it was very, very fun. Multiple resolutions. Yeah. This is uh, directed by Jonathan Lynn. Um, you might know him from My Cousin Vinny, Whole Nine Yards. And, uh, you know, it's a, it's a pretty good cast. It's a send-up of the... Uh, I wanted to do this later in the month because it is very much a spoof of whodunit movies um, based on Clue. This is also, I think, our first board game I was trying to movie. think. I was like, there's definitely movies based on board games out there, but this is yeah. probably... Like the biggest one. Transformers, if you want to count. I'm just thinking toys. Oh, okay. okay. Barbie in a little bit, but board games, I don't know. I think there's a Battleship movie. Oh, there is a Battleship movie. Yeah. Yeah. Rihanna's in it. They're they're fighting aliens, I think, for some reason. (laughs) Yeah. It's real fun if you just turn your brain off. There you go. And uh, yeah, I... I always had like a, I guess a soft spot for this movie. It's, It's maybe overstating it. A lot of people really like this movie. But I thought... I haven't watched it in a long time, and I definitely have seen discourse around it. First off, not a ton of it, but kind of being like, well, a lot of this is like pretty outdated. <laughs> There's still some good jokes, but it's pretty outdated. So I wasn't expecting to like super enjoy it this time through, but I did actually. I had a really good time. It's got such a weird sort of pacing to it where it'll kind of be like nothing's going on for a while, or there'll just sort of be setups for people to just rattle off jokes and go really back and forth really quickly. And then literally the whole cast will be sprinting around for like a five minute stretch. And there's like the super recurring jokes, like, like very much overdone and yeah, but like, it's still like entertaining. Yes. 
Like, and then those three endings. <laughs> yeah, I was very surprised by that because I was like trying to keep track of different things. And yeah. I was like, here's all these. Yeah. Is it true that they showed a different one depending on what theater you were in or what showing you went to originally when they first put it on? Because that's I feel like something that maybe dad told us that I'm never sure if that's true or not. Mm-hmm. That they in the theater would have like one ending. And then if you went and saw it at a different theater, it was a different ending. Mm-hmm. So don't know if that's true, but that would be very cool. Yeah. So um, each theater received one of the three endings and some theaters announced which ending the viewer would see, you know, A, B or C or, you know, this is or that could have happened or this is what really happened. Um, and then obviously home video, it's been all three endings. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, so I think that would be probably would have been frustrating. No. I think it'd be better for the played in theater how it was. Yeah. But like, I don't know. I found like a lot more entertainment out of that. Yes. It's really fun. And definitely like, you know, rep screenings since then have shown all of it. Um, and I think it would have felt if you just got one of those, especially one of the first two, I feel yeah. like you would have felt pretty unfulfilled. Well, and that but was, I think just getting yeah. all three is good because it's also a better play on the game. Yeah. yeah. On this rewatch, the third one, I does feel the most realized and it makes the most sense. And there's the best final line. Absolutely. (laughs) Um, So it would absolutely, I think feel a little lacking if you just had the first two or one of the first two. Um, But yeah, it it did. It was fun that they like it. Everything actually worked like the Mm -hmm. way they played it. And I was like, like, Oh, it's not just like someone like voted in in the board game. And then it just turned out that it was like, no, you're just wrong. It was just like everything worked. (laughs) Um, the tone of the movie, you should say, though it is a comedy, it does do a lot of the murder mystery stuff pretty straight. Mm -hmm. It's not really making fun of like that part of it so much. It's more just like the language and the, in the dialogue is where most of the jokes come from. And I don't think it's ever in any sort of malice towards it and malice isn't the right word I'm looking for, but they More so absolutely, exactly. Yeah. You can tell that they love or they really, someone who was going into this really was a fan of the Agatha Christie whodunits and wanted to do something that was spoofing it, but in a re- lovable sort of like reverence to it as well. Yeah. It definitely didn't feel like it was like a, like the scary movie spinoff. Yeah, yeah. So it wasn't just like poking fun and everything. Yeah. It, like it, it it's all not, works. It's not just dumb. Yeah. A lot no. of the comedy is in it, but the actual oh. like, if the backbone of it is actually like murder mystery. Yeah. And you were saying before, I'd like to know how much is the actors ad libbing stuff because it feels a lot of it. Like it's a group of comedians that they just kind of threw in a room and we're like, we're giving you your character. We're going to give you the setups. Just go for it mm-hmm. because it's so much of like a bing, bang, boom, very quick banter. Here's this, here's this, here's this, which works so well. And it's one of my favorite ways for there to be comedy. Um, I really enjoy it. And watching it again now, I was having the same thoughts as Ben as I was. I didn't know if it was going to be something that I have this nostalgia for and it wouldn't translate to me watching it now. But I still had moments where I laughed out loud. It was really good jokes, timing. I do have a lot more problems with the sexism as well as some of the, the xenophobia that happens. But it was overall a really fun time you can definitely like feel the dated in like that aspect but just as like if this came out like tomorrow like just tweaking that to like more modern day like Mm -hmm. things it would be still be perfect absolutely i still like had a really good time with it for sure it's very much the same issues that i have with a lot of 80s movies of just this was the tone for a lot of them 
as well as this is an 80s movie that's supposed to be set in the 50s, so it even pushed it a little bit further. Yeah. All right. And some some of it is just even... uh, Jokes that I definitely wouldn't have found as funny as a kid. The fact that... J. Edgar Hoover calls like that didn't mean a ton to me as a child, um, but it's just a really funny thing that they throw in. They keep mentioning, and people keep going. He was J. Edgar Hoover was calling for me, <laughs> um, and the joke about Wadsworth's backstory mm-hmm. resolving in his wife um, ultimately killing herself because she was under investigation by HUAC because she had friends that were dramatic pause socialists. And they all go, <gasps> yeah. And everyone's shocked and he's crying and people run over to comfort him. It's, it's so funny. Yeah. Uh, but communism was a red herring as they say multiple times at the end <laughs> of the movie. <laughs> um, it's, it's funny. Aside from that, there's not a lot of like fifties tinged stuff, just the styling really. But um, yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, original choice for Wadsworth was uh, Leonard Rossiter, who seems to be just a BBC guy that I don't know very well. Uh, the second choice was Rowan Atkinson, who's Mr. Bean. Oh. Um, okay, that, that would have been equally as entertaining. Been, yeah. been different, but different. Oh, oh, yeah, very, different. very different, but just as entertaining. For yeah, sure. it would definitely have a good level of humor, yeah. but just a different kind. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But who ultimately played it is, of course, Tim Curry. And now we can talk about the cast a little bit. I think we should start with Tim Curry. Uh, we haven't talked about him before. He's the reason you're afraid of clowns. Tim Curry is the reason I'm afraid of clowns, as well as the reason I will not step on the drain in the shower. I saw it when I was far too young, and it haunts me to this day. See, and I have the opposite. I have not seen it, and I just knew him from Home Alone 2. Lost <laughs> yes. in New York. Awesome. Yes. Yeah, that, and then he's the really scary sludge monster in Fern Gully. He's the voice. Please, he's smog. Sorry. <laughs> I believe. I haven't seen Fern Gully in a while. Slash, they're making a live-action Fern Gully. Yeah, and, you know, uh, Rocky Horror Picture Show, yes, probably Rocky the Horror classic picture, show. picture pull, pull for him, and, and, like, a million other things, and a lot of voice work. yeah. Um, I had a friend in high school who was terrified of his laugh to the point where if someone could get her phone when it was open, they'd change her ringtone to his laugh. Anytime it was like left near someone, they'd change it to his laugh and it would terrify her every time. I'm so happy about that. This is a complete sidebar, but remember how serious custom ringtones were for a while there? It was like, (laughs) you're paying money for some of those. Or or, or the ringbacks. Yeah. Those those are wild. I used to wait till the song that I wanted to be my ringtone would come on either the radio or if I had the CD and then I'd record it on my phone so I could use that. Yeah. So, so it would be a be really weird. It would be a quality. very weird quality, but I didn't have to pay for it. This, this is such a dated conversation. <laughs> this is, this is wild. We just lost all our zoomers and below. What's the, what's under zoomers generation Omega. I think they're calling it something like that or alpha. Alpha. They're yeah. Alpha. Yeah. Which is, we got millennials thrusted on us, and they get Generation Alpha. That's They're just going to be crushing beef jerky and <laughs> hunting or whatever. Maybe. They're very alpha. They just got bows. They're all they're su- bow hunters. They're all super toxic. Yeah. <laughs> uh, also, besides Tim Curry, which is what we were talking about. Yes. Uh, just, we just love Tim Curry. We do. Yes. Yes. And he is fantastic in that role. The way his character heightens throughout the course of the entire movie is fantastic of he starts and it's completely silent for that entire beginning of him just like walking up, throwing the bones to the dog, walking in and he's putting his coat away completely with him silent. And then everything is very stilted 
And then it just kind of builds and builds and builds. As soon as Mr. Body shows up, it gets yeah. things kick off. Yeah, like, it's it's like a very serious tone. Yeah. Like I was yeah. like, oh, this is this is weird. Yeah. And like everyone's like, oh, how so, do you know like these people? And yeah. like everything just escalates way too fast. Mm-hmm. And I guess we can kind of do double duty talking about both the beginning plot wise and then also the characters up showing up first is uh, Colonel Mustard. Mm-hmm. He's the first to arrive and Mr. Body immediately cuts him off. Mm-hmm. He's like, you're Colonel Mustard, right? And he's like, no, my name is blah. And he cuts him off, says everyone's using an alias tonight. Oh, he's not Mr. Body yet. No. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Wadsworth, Obvious. the butler, maybe, yeah. depending on which ending is correct. <laughs> um, he's telling, basically, the exposition is that everyone's been getting the letters, like you said, they, they're being blackmailed. They've all been invited here tonight and given a pseudonym, an alias, and the aliases happen to line up with the characters in the board game Clue. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess the reason that they're al- the the aliases are the reason that um, the thing that most frustrates me about this movie exists, which is that they're not wearing the right colors. <laughs> it bothered me so much. Yeah. I could not put into words how angry I was that people weren't wearing their like. Yeah, Miss Scarlet was in blue. Miss Peacock was. Yeah, she, she had the feathers, feathers, but she's wearing brown. Miss White was in black. Yeah, I was saying that at least they do when they say Miss White for the first time. She opens her coat and the lining is white. Yeah, it was just that and little bit. She's extremely pale. Very pale. Just very uh, disappointed on that. I know. Yeah, we we talked about that too. How it's a little bit off putting particularly the first time you watch it to mm. try and keep up with what all their names are when they don't match the colors that you think they should like yes. miss scarlet looks like she should be miss peacock particularly when you first see her and she's got yeah. like the big the, whatever For sure. is. Yes. around her and i'm Literally. like oh the yeah. first time i remember being like oh miss peacock that's perfect and she was in a peacock color yes yeah the color of her dress is like peacock yep feather and then she's not she's miss scarlet <laughs> you're like okay very, very missed opportunity yes and i get it she's a scarlet woman i get it yeah, we all but get it. <laughs> put her in red, and then uh, we're all happy. <laughs> so Colonel Mustard's played by Martin Mull, who's been in a million things, but I know specifically among our friend group, the main pull is Jean Parmesan from Arrested Development. <laughs> uh, or at least for Robbie, that'll be the main pull that he gets. Yeah, I could not place where he was from that I would have known. Yeah. He's one of those faces that I know I'd seen him in a lot of things just because he's been in a lot of things. Should should say, these are like... Expert level character actors, everyone in this. Yeah. So anything that you watch probably from the 80s or 90s, I bet there's going to be a few of them that pop up in there, Um, even if you're not sure exactly where. And he, I love as a character because they play him so bumbling at points, but Mm. also very assertive. And it's just a really fun dichotomy. Very bull in a china shop. Yeah, exactly. Like he's very much like, all right, we've got this. And then it's like yelling and all of the word play that gets all mixed up all the time. Stumbling into secret doors. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, everyone's good though. Mm -hmm. So that I guess should go for everyone. This is a lot of character actors. So all of these people have been in a million things. For sure. Um, and I realized that you said that about the first couple people. And so I'm just going to give, give a blanket that we don't have to repeat again. Mm-hmm. Um, I, uh, com- comparatively, so they're doing the big ensemble thing comparatively 1974, 11 years before this murder on the Orient Express had actual like movie stars mixed with some stage actors. Um, but a lot of these movies do end up 
with maybe one person and they're like the main sleuth and then a bunch of character actor types. Um, I think you could kind of say Knives Out was sort of like that in Glass Onion with some bigger stars, but also like, you know, consummate character actor type people. I keep saying that a lot. I'm, I'm hearing myself say character actor a lot. <laughs> it's It makes sense, particularly for things that are this genre of whodunits to have people that... You, like you were saying, there's usually a few that are more well-known, but it's going to be people that can fall into a character and have the people that are watching at home try and play along and, and figure out who done it along with them. They're going to need to be pretty broad in what they're doing in some ways, yeah. but also nuanced. So you want to go with the character actor. So you get a buy on saying it so many times. Mrs. White shows up next. This is Madeline Kahn, and she has her so much. probably the most memed bit from this movie which is the flames on the side of my face the heaving breaths flames just just red flames Uh, a bunch of bogdanovich movies a bunch of mel brooks movies and um she's great in this it feels like there's some i I don't know maybe this is probably findable information but i just sometimes it's nice to just watch the movie and then start talking yeah (laughs) um but it feels like some of the looser parts were just like, she's probably going to say something funny. Let's have her do like eight takes of this joke and we'll pick one of them. Mm. Cause some of them are like really good one liners that she gives that don't even necessarily apply to the situation. They, a lot of them do, but some of them are just like, Oh, that was a funny thing to say. We're going to put that in the movie. <laughs> I love her. I love her character. Mm. So weird and so funny. She's definitely like, I feel like the most serious person in the oh, whole yeah. room. Like the entire time. Yep, yep, yep. When when they're really like castigating her in the whatever the the study maybe or the lounge when he's going through what everyone did wrong, mm-hmm. and she has the line, "It was a matter of life and death." Once he died, I had a life. Yeah, which is great. And Just good the, stuff. in that same scene, they're asking her about her husbands, and they say, "Your first husband." Uh, disappeared she goes he was an illusionist and he goes but he never reappeared and she goes he wasn't a good illusionist <laughs> it's just so good it's very well done yeah yeah so and again most of the jokes are coming from like the patter from the mm-hmm. dialogue from the really quick back and forths but they're taking the actual stuff pretty seriously for a lot of it mm-hmm. which i think makes the movie work probably mm-hmm. it doesn't it doesn't have like a scary movie vibe oh yeah no um to your earlier point and the other people we got michael mckean as mr green whose big secret he's being blackmailed for is that he's a homosexual, mm-hmm. as he puts it dramatically. Mm-hmm. Um, Which is another way you can see how dated it all is. Yes, exactly. Um, but it was it was the 50s, you know, HUAC and all that. Uh, Leslie Ann Warren plays Miss Scarlet. Uh, who else was in? Oh, yeah, uh, I didn't mention Eileen Brennan was uh, Miss Peacock. Christopher Lloyd. Christopher Lloyd is also in there as Professor, Professor Plum. Plum. And I think that's all like the game characters, yeah? Mm-hmm. And you've got the cook and Yvette. Yvette. The French maid. Yep. Who you find out right before she dies isn't actually French Mm -hmm. and then promptly is murdered. (laughs) I really like the beginning with um, Professor Plum and Miss Scarlet, how they meet on the road and end up coming in together. Yeah. Um, And one of my favorite lines, and I remember this from the first watch is when he pulls up and they see the house for the first time and there's like lightning striking over it and he stops the car and she's like, why did you stop? And he goes, the car is scared. Yeah. "Yeah, Okay, good. (laughs) My my car would get scared there too, for sure. 
Uh, that house does look spooky. Mm-hmm. Very spooky. Very much kind of ho- uh, Hollywood uh, Tower Terror. Oh, yeah. Mansion vibes <laughs> sort of things. Yeah. Hollywood Hotel. That's the words. Uh, and none of them know why they're there. No. They're, they're gathered into the library. I don't think they call it the library, but it's a library type of thing. Are they in the well, lounge at the start? The lounge, yeah. The There's a lot of yeah. books. Oh, study. Study, maybe. Might have been There's study. bookcases. One of them. Yeah. I think it's the study. There's bookcases. Yeah. Yes, that makes sense. The door just goes away when mm-hmm. it's closed from the other side. And you can tell there's a few points where they make it slightly obvious that someone knows the other person, particularly when Miss White first walks in and her and Yvette have like that moment of kind of, mm-hmm. and they kind of just walk past each other and things like that happening. So you know there's another layer to what's going on, yeah, which is really uh, fun. Same with like Scarlet and... Uh, Colonel Mustard. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. There's a lot of that happening. And, and a lot of these movies in the early parts, part of the fun of it is being like, oh, I should file that away. That's going to yeah. be important later. Ooh, that was interesting. That yeah. note I need Just to Just keeping track of everyone, yes. where they're going, like mm-hmm. who's by themselves. Like yeah. there's so many opportunities throughout the entire movie of like what's going on. There's a great turn later, way later, but just to sort of mention it while we're talking about keeping track of things where Wadsworth is doing the re- the recreation of everything. And he goes, and one of us wasn't here. And you're like, oh, who wasn't? The, the entire time I'm like thinking. <laughs> yeah. No. And I was trying and to think. And then it's kind of like a different answer Yeah, each, I was trying to time. think. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> unless it, it wouldn't have been possible when they're first watching it for people to like backtrack and do it. Because in my head, I'm like, I could just zoom back and look at the like screen and try and figure it out. But oh, it's yeah. not in the spirit of what they actually wanted no, to do. No, so... Not. It's 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 but, really clever, and I'm always so bad at Clue too. Yeah, <laughs> have I you, love Clue. Speaking of like the board game Clue, have you played Awkward Guess? No, no. it's like no, a more advanced, like fun, like version of Clue. It's a fun version. Well, but but well, well, more interesting. You get like yeah. different information cards, and you trade information to different people. Okay, oh that's that really makes fun. more sense. And then like cards get burned off. Yeah. So, so this is probably a good time to slow down a little bit and mention, then we can kind of, a lot of the plot is just, is it's really good dialogue, but we don't need to go nitty gritty with it. Um, let's talk about the board game itself a little bit. A lot of our friends are what some might refer to as board game snobs. Mm. We might say connoisseurs. <laughs> yes. Similar I think to a man, everyone I know hates Clue. <laughs> I- I like Clue. Yeah. <laughs> Clue's okay, fun. It just, it's just, it's annoying to have to roll dice to explore rooms. Cause then awkward guess you just pick a room and a weapon and a person. There and you go. You get information. That's a charitable take on it. Most of them just say it fucking sucks. No, I, I enjoy like it's trying stupid. to figure it out. I just hated having to walk across the board to get places. Yes, that's true. Um, I don't mind Clue. I like it. Mm-hmm. I like the social aspect that you can sort of jury rig as like trying to keep track of what other people are asking about and marking down. I think there's, there's more strategy than it's given credit for. Yes. If you're mostly playing obscure German board games, like (laughs) we are, um, it's, it might not hold as much interest, but a lot of people like Clue. It's nostalgic. Yeah, it is. It's, uh, it's one of those that we'd go to when the power goes out and we're just by, candlelight and flash bulbs you know way better than monopoly that's true no one likes monopoly (laughs) they were gonna make a movie out of that it's called the news (laughs) capitalism turn on cnn there's monopoly right there um but going back to this is based on a board game i think they do a really good job of it not 
feeling like they're kind of pandering too much to what should be in a board game and making it dumbed down in some ways to what you would Mm -hmm. think. This is just based on like, I'm assuming Blue is Hasbro, but in Hasbro. How dare you? It's Parker Brothers. It's Parker Brothers. I'm sorry. Oh, Oh, no. But I think they do a really good job and I liken it to the way that sometimes they take rides and turn them into a movie or they take video games and try and turn it into a movie. And I feel like they strike a really good balance of this feeling like its own thing, but you can still see the connection, particularly when they all get the weapon and it's like a noose and a wrench and a lead pipe. And I'm like, Oh, okay, that's fun. That's a fun way to do it. And And then there's that one line at the end where it was like, it was me in the hallway with the revolver. And I'm like, Oh, fun. They did it. They nailed it. And they like sprinkle in all like the, it's a big mansion. So obviously they have all different rooms Mm -hmm. and all the same themed ones. They throw in the little secret pass. Yeah, and the secret passages do go exactly they do? where they should okay. on the on the board too. I was going to yeah. ask because I didn't check, but I assumed they yes, did. They and did. like geographically, it doesn't make any sense in nope. the movie either, just <laughs> no. like it doesn't in the board game. <laughs> um, I uh, think if this movie was made today, it would be a lot more nods, and there'd be crossovers to other Parker Brothers games. <laughs> To sort of set up sequels and oh, true. and the Parker Brothers universe. I think it is owned by Hasbro now, so Optimus Prime would be there. <laughs> um, <laughs> Optimus Prime was the killer. Optimus Prime called for me. <laughs> He'd be the vehicle they all show up in. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> be all different Transformers. Yeah, exactly. Optimus Prime is the toaster. Um, and I had to double check this, but when I was offended about you not knowing Parker Brothers, Fizzy, you know, not really. I was going to say Salem, Massachusetts own because for some reason we always call that when something's from Massachusetts, but I had to double check it. Yeah. They're from Salem. The okay. Parker, the Parker brothers. And Hasbro's Providence. So we're right in the middle. Yes. Where in new England is this mansion supposed to be? New just England. New England. Just, that's it. They, <laughs> England. I, I, Maine? I wasn't sure if like I just skipped over and nope. just missed it. New, okay, England. So it's new England. Okay. If it's, if it's set in Salem, that'd make a lot of sense. It is a spooky house. Salem is like a city, though. It doesn't look like it would have to be outside of it. Yeah. 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 Outside the city limits. So this is definitely somewhere in the North Shore. Yeah. This is North Shore. This feels like North Shore. This is a prequel to Manchester by the Sea. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Um, Anyway. Mm -hmm. Um, Oh, God. I totally lost what I was going to say because I'm looking at the wrong thing. I had my notes up and I've been scrolling something that isn't my notes. (laughs) And that was stupid on me. Um, I think today jokes about Optimus Prime aside, it would be a lot less palatable, the sort of crossovers. It's, it's like a pretty light touch when they're all given the weapons. You're kind of like, Oh, okay. It's sort of like a, a knowing chuckle, but it doesn't dominate the plot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it does actually matter that all these weapons are around and who has what, and you're trying to track them and who has a key to the weapon cupboard. Um, and aside from that, like I said, the names they established, these are just aliases. These aren't their actual names. I like that they immediately are getting into there's a lore because they absolutely could have just gone in and been like, this is Colonel Mustard. This is Professor Plum for them to automatically bring it in and be like, that's not their names. There's something else going on. They're not happy to be here. They don't want to do this. Yeah. It gave it another level that made it feel more, um, interesting than it would have been if it was just kind of a surface level sort of space jam to yeah. throw in everyone we got. No, it does. It's fair. God, space jam too. <laughs> I tell everyone who, who has ears, Bugs Bunny <laughs> dies in this movie. Excuse me. He, he's, he, he 
they they finish the basketball game. He's transported back to like Looney Tunesville, and everyone gathers around him as he as he gives his last dying breaths, and he says, I, "It was just good to see everybody again." That's all, folks. And then his spirit ascends into heaven, and he becomes a constellation. <laughs> I like that you're like, I tell everyone. I tell everyone. I brought it up in a meeting at work recently. (laughs) Excuse me? His spirit ascends into heaven and he becomes a constellation. I don't know how else to to describe it. He says, that's all, folks. Dies. Constellation. (laughs) He's in the next scene. LeBron James is like, I saw you die. And he's like, I'm a Looney Tune. I was going to say. Credits. (laughs) I mean, he's canonically dead now. He's canonically unkillable. Okay. And not like in a cartoon sense, in a people have tried and succeeded, and then he's in the next scene. Okay. Yeah. I don't remember who killed him. I guess there's a version, there's like a robot version of Dame Lillard. Maybe he shot him <laughs> with a gun from Pulp Fiction or whatever the movie's on about. God. Uh, that movie sucks. <laughs> I'll. I'll keep that as a note and I won't watch it. Yeah. You should watch it. <laughs> I don't think I want her now. You have to do a month that's all movies that I tell people how bad they are and that they have this to watch them. Absolutely terrible, Ooh, but someone I, I, needs I'm to really see it. I'm really down for that. That movie and cats, and we just do oh each of them God. twice. <laughs> or we do cats. cats three times and then Space Jam two. This is so bad. We got to cut out everything since uh, something. I don't know what. It, it'll be fun for you on the editing floor. It yeah. will be. Hard cut. Um, to So at dinner, they all find out they're from or work in Washington, D.C. or work for the government in some way. So they all know Professor they're connected. Plum is not in D.C. No. But, <laughs> but you for work UN. for the U.N. He's like, yes, that's true. Yeah. We also find out a few people know each other, but the other ones don't know them back. And it's all of these yes. overlapping. This web is starting to appear sort of thing. A lot of finger pointing. Yeah. A lot of finger pointing. Yvette throws open the... The, what is that called? A pass through to the dining room. Everyone jumps, but it ends up that this is Mrs. Peacock's favorite favorite food, which we find out later is monkey brains. Yeah. <laughs> Much to uh, Mr. Green's chagrin. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's very upset about that. Yes. So Mr. Body shows up and he gives the worst performance in the movie, but oh, I don't. <laughs> it's so bad. And I have to think that it's on purpose. Oh, it has yes. to be. Yeah. Which I think further reinforces the idea that he was actually the butler mm-hmm. and Wadsworth was Mr. He's Body. He's trying to act like Mr. Body. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, what are you doing? Which more and more makes it feel like the final ending they show you is definitely canon because this guy sucks. Yeah, he's just trying to feel super important, just being a douchebag and just like. Yeah. He's just you, being you, shitty. Particularly, he goes along with everything. Like he sits down, he refuses all the food, and then he goes into the study and he sits in the chair. And then as soon as they're like, we're going to read this out, he's like, I got to get out of here. And he takes off. And you're like, what the fuck is happening? And they're just like, you can't get out. I locked the door. And he's like, let me out. And he's trying to break a window. And there's a German shepherd who's got to tear him apart. It, it, that's when it just escalates yeah. very fast. As much as we were talking about watching this all the time growing up, when that guy came on, I was like, I thought that Mr. Body was only like uh, talked about in this movie. I forgot this was a present character and he's there for a while mm-hmm. and he sucks. Yeah. <laughs> this guy is the worst. I, I think it's because you want him to be dead. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it is sort of a couple of the endings are like, what if we all just, you know, we're all better off now. What if we all just go our way? And you're like, yeah, okay. 
And everyone's like, well, we're all kind of shitty people. Let's, yeah. let's go. It's kind of the ending of one of the movies we've done this month. No spoilers. Um, and yeah, I, uh, I I dig that this guy kind of, it sucks to such a like ridiculous degree. When, the, when a fight starts, and it's like a very short, weird fight with the strangest fight choreography in a movie ever, which is on purpose. Again, this is a comedy we're talking about. But that, like, Colonel Mustard is like, oh, let me at him. And then he, like, smirkingly just sort of strolls over and, like, stomps on his foot and three stooges, like, two <laughs> finger pokes his eyes. Yeah, he kicks Miss Scarlet. She goes down. Yeah. Miss White so just weird. saunters over and knees him in the nuts. Like, it's all these things are happening one after another. Yeah. It, it's just like, oh, yeah, we hate this guy, but just very three stooges. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It, just, it gets very silly slapstick for a bit here. Yeah, she knees him in the nuts and then people cheer. So. Yeah. Eileen Brennan's... Uh, Miss Peacock's in the background just going, yeah. <laughs> She's actually like pumping her fist. <laughs> I remember not really liking her character when I first watched this, and I really enjoyed her character this time because it's so ridiculous and over the top. And she's the yep. first character that you really get a sense of who she is because she starts that whole thing at the dinner I table. I have so much experience hosting because of my f- husband's work and yeah. stuff. And they and immediately clock that she's like a senator's wife or something. Yep, yep, yep. It's like I have to tell people if I don't, I'm going to explode. Yes, exactly. <laughs> no. Like she, she went to Harvard, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, we find out in that scene before they attack him what everyone's thing is. Um, well, he starts telling every Wadsworth is like, I'm instructed to read out what all these are. And then I think Body tries to escape and then he comes back and then he actually does read everything. Yeah, out. Yeah. Again, I just said we weren't going to get into the nitty gritty. That's my bad. <laughs> um, it doesn't matter. Who cares? I'll cut that part out. Um, so it turns out Mr. Body is the one who is blackmailing all of yes. these people, which and is why they attack him. And he gives them this kind of dilemma. And he's like, I knew that the police were going to be coming. I knew that you all were going to be here. And if I didn't show up, you'd just tell the police what was going on. So everybody's got a weapon now. You've got to choose. Like, kill uh, somebody's got to kill Wadsworth, and then we can all leave. Mm-hmm. And he turns out the lights. Yes, a gunshot goes off in the dark. Uh, when the lights come, and there's there's screams. And breaking things. Breaking things. When the light comes back on, Mr. Body is dead on the floor, but not by a gunshot. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, no, the gunshot goes into graces, the... Uh, yeah. But they don't find that out till later. Yeah. Mm. Oh, no, but he is pronounced dead by Mr. Plum. Yes. Professor yes, Plum. Is. Yeah. Professor Plum, who tries to take his... It's a pretty bad Pulse twice and then yep. says, yes, he's dead. And no one else tries to verify. No. He is a doctor after all. Yeah. Yeah. Then the doorbell rings, so they leave the room. They leave the room for some reason. They don't, yeah. they, they also. Oh, they, oh, Peacock thinks she might be poisoned, screams a lot. Oh, yes. Oh, because then um, the, yeah. the maid drank it as well, so she's screaming. Yes, so they leave when they hear, because they don't know who killed him. There's a murderer here. There's a murderer among us. Uh, they hear a vet scream, like you said, so they go to investigate. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, is the murderer in here? She's like, yes. They're like, what do you mean? She's like, well, yeah, obviously one of us is the murderer. Yeah. So they're here. Mm-hmm. But not um, everyone's there. Right. As we find out later, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, yeah. While they're in a different room, Mr. Body's gone mm-hmm. when they get back to the study. And then they later find him doubly dead in a different room. Yeah. Oh, it's in the bathroom. Yep. Yes, in the bathroom. Um, they they find the cook next. They find the cook 
who is also dead next. Mm-hmm. Like she falls on top of uh, Michael McKean <laughs> and he's like, help, help. And he just really slowly collapses to the ground. <laughs> and I forget who it is. It's one of, it might be Mrs. White walks over and is just kind of like near him. But yeah, like, like, I'm going to help you. Not really. Yeah. The yeah. one of those like, Oh, kind of leaning. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so they take all the bodies they put them in the study and they set them on the, chair there's some business about how to face them yeah. on the chairs and stuff yep I, I do like that their careness for the bodies just drastically drops mm-hmm. as more, more bodies appear yes mm-hmm. there uh that's a great sequence yeah. when the first time they're finding these bodies there's screams and hysteria and then later on when they find the body of the dead cop in the body of the dead um maid. highway the maintenance guy or the highway guy oh yeah the maid and then oh, yes. it was, it's the maid, the cop, and then the singing telegram is the oh, one where right. they just Those kind the of three. like. They just sort of clock it. Nod dead and pan. And they're like, oh, one body. And they move on. They're like, two bodies. And they heard, they're like, well, there was a gunshot, too. And they open the door. They're like, three bodies. They don't even bother grabbing her until yeah, they no. And like the cops are supposed to be showing up at any moment. Yep. Mm-hmm. They just like clock it. And they're just kind of bored at that point. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah, yeah. there's a lot that happens in between. <laughs> A lot of shock values gone for them. Yeah. Yes. So there's these couple bodies that are here now. And um, at some point, Mustard suggests that they blah, blah, blah. Also, at some point, Wadsworth admits that he's the one that invited everyone. Oh, yeah. To try and get his uh, get body in trouble because he's yes. being blackmailed, but not really. He thought it's if we all life, got here yeah. together, we could, you know. Yeah, solve all this. Expose it to the cops or whatever. It mm-hmm. says his wife knew con- uh, socialists. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So they decide to break into pairs and search each floor because they don't know. They're like, there has to either be someone else here or one of them is the killer. Yes. And all this and is importantly, happening. Importantly, Wadsworth locks the weapons in the cabinet yep. and then they split off. Yep. And they know there's a time limit that the cops are on their way. We got to figure this out before they get here. So they head out, they're in pairs. It's a pretty fun scene of them, kind of how each of them are dealing yep. with the walking around. Nobody trusts each other. No one will go in front of anyone to go up or down the stairs. I, I think the pairing is also really funny yeah. when they do it with the matches where it's like everyone had their intended pair and then it was just all the opposites together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, somewhere in here or maybe right before this is when the stranded motorist shows up and asks to use the phone and they're really shady about it and lock him in the room. Mm-hmm. Turns out he used to be the driver for Colonel Mustard. Yeah. Right as he's starting to explain that to someone on the phone, he is murdered. Yep. <laughs> so anyone who enters this house, as Mrs. Peacock says later, we can't let them in. They're going to get murdered. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I like the searching in the pairs mm-hmm. and um, Yvette and uh, Mr. Green go mm-hmm. up to the, the, attic. the attic. And I like that they stand there so long. Like, well, you should go up first. No, yeah, you should go up first. And then, like, it cuts back to them, and they haven't moved several minutes later. Yeah, everyone's always, like, equally scared of each other. Yes. Like, they're going to murder each other. Yeah, so a lot of times people are trying to walk side by side into places or around doors. It's really fun, the way that they're walking, like, up the stairs, and Yvette's body just gets, like, pushed up. And then the same thing happens with Scarlet and um, who's she with? Scarlet is with Wadsworth. With Wadsworth? No, no, sorry. No. White, White's with Wadsworth. Scarlet's with uh, Mustard. Yes. So when they're trying to like get out from behind the bar. No, isn't she with Professor Plum? She's no. with Professor Plum. Yeah. yeah. Professor Plum is with Peacock. No, Professor Plum is with Peacock. Because they go into the basement and they both oh, fall down the okay. stairs. 
You're right. You're right. Yes. You're right. Yes. So yeah. mustard and scarlet. Yeah. So yes. like the part where they're behind the bar yeah. and they try and come out and she's like, nope, you go ahead. And she, he's like, okay. And then she's like, never mind. And tries to get out yes. at the same time as him. And There's just like a lot of physical comedy that and deadpan stuff happening mm -hmm. throughout like this. Like Wadsworth and Miss White, like hopping in and oh, out of the doors. Yeah, it seems like this movie is probably a lot of fun to shoot. Mm -hmm. While they're searching, you cut to the the gloved a close up on gloved hands burning all the blackmail evidence. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then you see it pick up the wrench, kill the motorist. Yep, and then uh, then a cop comes mm -hmm. uh, investig investigating the abandoned car out there. A cop arrives. They put him in one of the rooms that has a phone. They lock it there, too. He receives a call from J. Edgar Hoover. <laughs> uh, it's like, let me out. Yeah. Yeah. And they stage uh, all the bodies to look like they are either oh. drunk or in the midst of uh, a, a heavy makeout session. So that they... <laughs> It was blowing my mind that whole <laughs> scene of events, and you know, it, yeah, it all don't out. it's all too shocking. <laughs> he goes, oh, "It's America," and then he's saying it to Wadsworth, and Wadsworth's like, "I didn't know it was that free." <laughs> yeah, it's a free country. It's not that free. <laughs> Nothing illegal's happening here. Are you sure? <laughs> Uh, yeah, Tim Curry's great there. His reactions to things. And, and then you keep panning to Green behind him, just kind of like nodding, like, yeah, it's okay. Yeah, just go with it. Go yeah. with it. Yeah. Uh, can I make that call now? Uh, yeah. yeah. So he's, the cop ends up shut, uh, locked in there again. As the pairs continue their search, um, at, I think the lights go out and then those three people mm -hmm. may get murdered. Yeah. And every murder is a different weapon too, which I do appreciate. Yes. So. <laughs> and yes, people get murdered in a room with a weapon, mm -hmm. a different room and a different weapon. I think every time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes. It's good. Mm -hmm. It's good. <laughs> <laughs> it's well done. Cause it's, not on like they're not making a big deal about it, which I yes. enjoy. Oh, so. This happened to be yeah. here. Yeah. yeah. So and then we get the sequence point. showing Yvette get strangled and the cop get beamed, and then the punchline, I guess if you want to call it that, of the scene <laughs> with the city telegram <laughs> who shows up and gets out like three words and then shot immediately. Yeah. Too mm -hmm. bad for that lady, but it is funny. Yeah. <laughs> oh, definitely. Yeah. So then we get to the point where they're like, okay, what's going on? And Wadsworth tells them he knows what's going on and he's going to explain. Yes. <laughs> it's, it's the a, best it's, explanation. Oh, it's, it's so good. Yeah. It's a very Poirot, yeah. Benoit Blanc yeah. for the movies we've done so far this week. All, all I could think of was the uh, Ant-Man's friend that explains <laughs> all the, the scenes. Louise? Yes. yes. So, yeah. yes, exactly. It's, That's exactly Just like it. that. That's probably what they modeled it after. Yeah. Yes. That's kind of frantic, like, go here, go here, go here, go here. And everyone's just trailing after him. And everyone's like, just get to the point. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> to make a long story short, too late <laughs> to repeat a joke in the movie. Um, it's just so funny. It's It really is like, you know, they just call an ISO for Tim Curry here. Mm -hmm. And he really just fucking delivers. He's, he's so funny. This his, sequence goes on for a while and it's yeah. funny the whole time. And his oh, physical yeah, comedy is so good where he keeps tripping yes. like yeah. Mr. Green and knocking him down so that he's body. And then he <laughs> pretend he yeah. runs through this trap, like the, this trap, not trap door, the secret, secret passage, secret passage so that he can yeah. fall out of the, the thing in the kitchen and land in uh, his green's green. arms and he just drops him and he does the next line from the floor. And it's just yeah. so good. It's so amazing. Well, his, the way he runs is funny. Yeah. I don't know how to like, yeah. his like 
crate, his very exaggerated sprinting is just really funny when he's running with the knife over his head. It's funny. Mm -hmm. There's a part where he starts that too, where he's chasing (laughs) green and he does like a hop to get into like, to get into the hallway. And then he's like running after green, green falls again. It's so good. And he goes, will you stop that? Yeah. Pushes him into the toilet. He comes out washing his hands. It's all these just quick things. (laughs) Uh, and he explains some of the, I guess, revelations, basically how people knew everyone. And he, like, didn't, didn't, don't you understand? It's not just the people among us in this group that were involved with the blackmail scheme. It was everyone who's been here, pretty mm-hmm. much. Everyone was an informant. Everyone was some sort of source. And they're all a part of it. Nothing was by chance. Yes. Very big spider web. Yeah. Yep. And the people who died all knew the principal people in some way, like you're saying. It's, it's just, you know, it's all good stuff. Uh, an, an evangelist interrupts the <laughs> gathering. Miss um, Peacock slams the door in his face. Armageddon is upon us. It is already here. Yeah. <laughs> save uh, your souls. In- We're trying to save our lives. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's very funny. Um and then we're into one of the end games, which you don't necessarily know at the time because it hasn't like popped up yet. Um, and this is this permutation of it is a vet murder the cook the cook with the dagger and Mister Body with Miss Scarlet's candlesticks on on orders from Miss Scarlet, mm-hmm. who then killed a vet and the other victims. And Scarlet pulls a gun on everyone, mm-hmm. and they do a thing. Mm-hmm. And yeah. someone, maybe her in this one, says that communism was a red herring. Mm-hmm. I thought it was Mr. Must- Colonel Mustard the whole time. Yeah. It, it, it's yeah. never him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was never him. And he was, well, had the most. Well, the last one where it, it's everyone. Yes. <laughs> but like, he had like the most like opportunities away from people. So I was like, yeah. ah, yes, it's him. It's like, oh, I'm going to go get a drink. It's like convenient. Yes. And he was suspicious, and he knew about the secret passageways. Yep. When not everyone did. He just happened to stumble onto them. I was like, oh, it's gotta be him. And yeah. then it wasn't him at all. <laughs> um, hard, but. Yeah. But uh in this version, she's planning to sell everyone's secrets and make money off of it. And they're like, what do they say? This like you're doing it for the, like the the communists, and she goes, that's when she says the line, like, communist is always a red herring. I'm doing this for the capitalism. For, yeah, like, couldn't do something more American than sell these secrets. And someone literally, like, nods or something. Yeah, it's, like, like, yeah. it's like, ah, oh, yeah, it's, it's fair like, enough. Oh, we know how funny, though. Yep, yep. And in this one, Wadsworth disarms her and, like, holds her hand behind her back as the police come in. And this is the first of the repeated gag of the police coming in to, like, really triumphant music. Yeah. Which is always funny. And they all, like, just run into different rooms. I know, yeah. they all sprinted. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And they take her away. Yeah. And then you got the title screen. It's like. That's how it might have happened. Yeah. But how about this? And you go back a little bit before the reveal. And it turns out this time, actually, Mrs. Peacock killed all the victims to conceal that she had taken bribes from foreign powers. I also was not expecting there to be all the endings at the end. Yeah. I was just I'm like, I'm like, oh, it was just this way. I'm like, oh, it wasn't what I thought it was. And then it was like another one. Yeah. <laughs> so that's. One of the things that's, I guess, most remembered about this movie, but obviously, if you haven't seen it before, you don't know that. So, d- does it like does it play guys, well? The multiple. I did like that it stacked over because like, yeah. it, it kind of stacks on like the goofiness of mm-hmm. the movie, and it, it all like makes sense in the end yeah. of how it like all works out. Yeah, I, and I like this time, and every time it turns out the evangelist was like the local police chief or something. Um, I like this time she actually gets out to her car and thinks she's getting away. 
And then all the floodlights turn on. Yeah. I do like that the their whole hits. ploy is like, okay, we'll just, we'll, we'll we're all going to just be fine with this. You can leave. And they all sing for he, for she's a jolly good fellow as she yeah. walks away. Yeah. I, I, I didn't know what was going on there. Like, and then okay. the door shuts and you just see them all go like, Phew. we're safe. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's good. And then we've got the, and Wadsworth is yeah. the undercover FBI yeah. agent again, in again. the second one. Uh, Here's what really happened. Yeah, and this is definitely so, my favorite one. I yeah. like that they all had something that they did. And Aside from Mr. Green, everyone did a murder. Mm-hmm. <laughs> everyone did a murder. Plum killed body with the revolver. Or, well, sorry, Plum missed body with the revolver, but killed him later in the hall with a candlestick. Uh, Mrs. Peacock stabbed the cook with the dagger. Colonel Mustard bludgeoned the motorist with the wrench. Mrs. White strangled a vet. Miss Scarlet clubbed the cop with the lead pipe. And um, I do like the note when they when Wadsworth, who is actually who does reveal himself to be body, um, reveals that what they thought was body was just the butler. And uh, Christopher Lloyd's so upset that he killed that guy. Yeah. <laughs> killed not, the because, wrong guy. not because he's upset that he killed someone, but just that it was the wrong guy. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> not again. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, when Mr. Green suspected, therefore, of killing the singing telegram. He says, I didn't do it because I don't have the revolver. Whoever did must have killed her. And that's when Wadsworth reveals he has the gun. He's Mr. Body. He's been blackmailing all of them and intends to continue doing so. But let's just stack the bodies in the cellar and I'll leave. Mm-hmm. I do like the reveal on that one that it's Green, who's the FBI agent. And yeah. the, he has the fantastic ending of the line of just the he does the clue it was me in the hallway, hallway with, with the revolver. revolver. And then he's like, what are you going to do now? And he's like, I'm going to go sleep with my wife. <laughs> and he just like so looks funny. at each other. It's yeah, like, it's, like, it's like, oh, I see what you're doing. Yeah. Good gosh. It's so funny. The music plays when the cops come in again. Always funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and that's, that's, that's Clue. 1985's Clue. Yeah, no, I don't know. Really enjoyable. I, yeah. I had a good time. Yeah. I feel like we didn't talk a lot about Christopher Lloyd. I do just want to say... I love him as like an actor. I've had, yeah, there's a lot of movies. Christopher Lloyd movie. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Page Master. <laughs> what a good one. <laughs> uh, Back to the Future. I said, is probably most people the probably would have gone with Back to the probably Future. A bigger pull, but Page Master for me. <laughs> yeah. I like that the guy who is sort of as a dead body, the MacGuffin is just named Mr. Body. Yeah. That feels about right for the for clue also that must is that is that's what it is in the game i think so that you have to find the killer of mr body yeah i don't remember it's been a long time time for me too i'm assuming it is it's still it's it's still funny it still translates um i think in the credits it has like two d's but like we all know what it is Mm -hmm. we get it let's do ratings so uh each week we'll give the movies that we talk about a rating on a scale of 0.5 to 5 on any scale of your choosing besides stars you can go by halves uh, that's that's how it works on Letterboxd. You can find our Letterboxd where we record these ratings. Uh, it's late to the movies. Just on Letterboxd. Find us. Their search feature is pretty weird, but do your best. <laughs> uh, who who wants to go first? Um, I'm going to give it probably a, f- I want to say probably a four, four out of five. Um, again, the sexism. Wait, hold, yeah, four, four what? Oh, Four out of five flames on the sides of my face. Yeah, there you go. Flames on the side. Just heaving the, the flames on the side of my face. Four out of five. 
Yeah. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah. And then you do, do your context that you were going to say. Um, and I was going to say just mainly because of the, on the rewatch, the sexism is an issue and a problem. Uh, but I understand this was the eighties trying to spoof the fifties. I get why that is the vibe. Don't love it, but the jokes are fantastic. The entire plot, the way the characters are, I I really enjoy. So four out of five. I'd probably agree on the four out of five uh, murder weapons. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, it, It was just like, even just it aged well enough, but there are definitely a little, side things like the sexism and everything else and just like the communism but like it was still like a fun movie to watch and i had like a good time along the way Mm -hmm. i was expecting to not super enjoy this watch just since the last time i sat down and watched it i feel like a lot of the conversation about it usually focuses on this is really out of date a lot of this is not aged well so i was expecting that to be more my experience with it and i had a great time that stuff's still there and it is still like this isn't a five star movie, but um, for me, it is. Uh, I'm going to be in, uh, in alignment. We all did four. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm also going to go four, uh, four red herrings nice. out of five. Yep, yep. Uh, yeah, a, a classic movie. I think deservedly so, and really funny despite not being. It, it's more. I I don't know. It's. I guess I said spoof earlier, but that makes me think scary movie. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, it's I, I it's it's a little it's, smarter it's, than it's that. It's almost like a satire. It's satirical. It's a yeah. satirical take on. And I think, like you movie. said, yeah. it's not cynical. No, it's no. it's more you, a celebration of. It. Yeah, you yeah, can definitely. tell they love that type of movie. Yeah, paying like respect to mm-hmm. it. Yeah. So absolutely, yeah, uh, it's a great one to include in this particular genre for this month, and I'm glad we did, and I'm glad that I knew someone who hadn't seen it yet. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Greg, Greg and Ray hadn't either, but they didn't want to do it. So thanks. Oh, they missed out. It was a good movie. I described what it was and Ray was just like, no, I don't want to do that. <laughs> like, okay, cool. It's like a fun comedy, but we usually do serious, serious movies, but whatever. It's fine. <laughs> I enjoyed it. <laughs> Every month, at least in the last couple months since I decided to start doing this, I want to say in April, I'll think of a question that applies to each of the movies to sort of have some connective tissue. This month, and we've already got some good answers, so think about it, uh, is a two-part question. Would you rather have to, and which would you be better at, getting away with murder or solving murder? So if you were put in either situation, which situation would you prefer to be in, and which one do you think you'd be better at? It hasn't always been the same answer for people. (laughs) Um, solving, I would rather, I would rather solve. I'm too anxious for the other side of that. I would be terrible. Um, and same, same answer for me. Solving. I watch, I watched a lot of Harriet the Spy as a kid. I could feel like I would be, I got a lot, I got a few tricks up my sleeve. I've read a letter, read a lot of Nancy Drew and the Hardy Boys. Yeah. What do you think? See, I think the more fun one would be to solve the murder. Just I like the escape room aspect. Yeah. That, mm-hmm. Like, I feel like it'd sure. be like finding little hints, bringing yeah. it all together. But I've also watched a lot of like serial killer things <laughs> oh, no. that I'm like, I could probably get away from with. No. <laughs> like, like I, I realized from a lot of the documentaries is just like they had no idea what they're doing. Like, it's always like, oh, we just stumbled upon this is how it happened. Like the unsolved yes. mystery show yeah. really like put that out there. Yeah, I think 
you're not the first person to be like, I think I just would know kind of how to do it better than people who have done it before. It's like, oh, we'll just check off. Nope, someone got away with this way. Um, I would definitely be better at solving. I would definitely be, would rather solve a murder for sure. And would definitely be better at doing that, though I think I still think I'd be bad. Um, I would just, on a, on a flat level, would not be able to get away with the murder, uh, guilt and stuff by yep. day two. I mean, we were raised Catholic. I'm, do, I'm down in the problem. precinct singing to the cops. So <laughs> it's a problem. Guys. Um, whereas I think Greg's answer on the Glass Onion episode was that he'd prefer to solve a murder, but he'd be way better at getting away with a murder because he thinks he'd be just that bad at solving a murder. That just sheer dumb luck, maybe he could get away with a murder. <laughs> But he definitely could not solve one. Yeah, <laughs> which I think is a is a respectable. Yeah, I, I don't think I'd be great at solving oh, a murder, no, but I think I'd, I'd rather. Oh yeah, <laughs> I'd be bad at both. But he just thinks he'd be a little worse at solving. <laughs> um. Yeah. Okay. Great. So that's basically it. anything else to say about Clue or whodunits or I don't know anything you want to get out there into public view. I really like whodunits and I am happy kind of with the rise of Knives Out that it seems like they're going to try and do more of these and particularly like there's more Poirots coming out yeah. and the next Poirot looks really fun, really spooky. The um, murder in Venice. Um, the haunting in Venice. The haunting in Venice. One. Yes, yes. Um, so I'm excited that this seems to be something that's kind of coming back around because I, I like this a lot. Yeah, I, I, I had a good time. This is like the first like whodunit kind of movie is I've watched, which I do want to watch Knives Out though now because like I saw it, and I'm like, oh, that looks fun, and then I just never got to the theaters. But it's it's more straight um, as far as like it's more playing it straight, but it is still funny, mm-hmm. so it's probably a good transition, and it is still subverting the genre. The second one is a little bit funnier and kind of they play up the the, the little goofier i didn't want to say goofy but it's definitely goofier is that the glass onion glass onion yeah the first one is one of my i I honestly think the first one the knives out just first one probably one of my favorite movies of all time okay yeah it's really good it's so good and it was filmed in massachusetts not that far oh yeah yeah yeah. which we always have to mention we have to mention every time that happens gotta represent (laughs) you gotta represent we're like a Frisbee's throw from Rhode Island, but anytime, and I've never mentioned anything in Rhode Island, <laughs> but anytime Massachusetts connection. New England, Massachusetts. Yeah, New, New England, England, we assume this was also in, yeah, I wonder, sure. uh, <laughs> I bet, I bet if you asked Ryan Johnson, he'd say that's why it's, it's a big kind of sprawling mansion oh, set in New England. It has to be. Yeah. And the then like, the part out. where the lights go out and they're all like have a weapon and are kind of wandering around. Like I really thought in that happens in Glass Onion quite oh, a few times. And Onion, yeah. I really feel like that is probably a reference to include when like the lights keep going out and things yes. keep happening. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway. So yeah, we all agreed. Uh, Good movie. Better than I thought I would enjoy it this time. And you're happy you saw it now. Yeah, no, good time. That's yeah. what this podcast's all about. All right. Thank you, Kay and Will, for being on this episode. Of course. And, Thanks for having me. Uh, yeah, of course, man. Um, well, all the stuff I usually say, the spiel at the end. You know, it's like uh, you can find us on Podbeans and Apple Tunes and Google Casts, uh, Stitcher, Spotify. Um, yeah, those are all the places. Nowhere else. If you go, caveat that I'm trying to put in every time, if you go to our actual website, late to the movies.fireside.fm. It actually has links to all these things that I always forget the URLs for. But our uh, handle on Instagram is late to the movies. That's the number two underscore podcast. We actually started doing posts again there after a little bit of a hiatus. So check it out. 
Uh, and what else? What else? Yeah, on T Public, you can still buy that shirt with Greg's face on it or one without his face on it. That's just Google T Public and the name of the podcast. It is impossible to find otherwise. <laughs> um, that's most of the things. Thanks again, guys. And as always, I was just glad we could all be here one last time. That's all, folks. I'm going to heaven, becoming <laughs> Constellation. Oh, and you're back tomorrow. And now I can't cut that part. <laughs> I'm fine, LeBron. <laughs> I, I, oh, man. <laughs> What's up, LeBron? Just, just, I'm alive. It breaks my brain. <laughs> That's my best Bugs Bunny. I was going to say, it sounded like uh, Paul Giamatti. It sounded like Paul Giamatti? Oh, God. I mean, they're co- those two are constantly being confused for each other. Right. Bugs Bunny was the first choice for Big Fat Liar. <laughs> yeah, he turned down sideways. Thomas Hayden Church ins- was insisting on Bugs Bunny, but they're like, let's just get a Bugs Bunny type. We can't afford him. Call Paul Giamatti. Paul Giamatti.